1: Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Strong Language of Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. Ho ho ho! And I'm Andy Stewart, I make disgusting horror films. How are you, man? We've had quite an evening.
0: We have, before. yeah, yeah. We're uh, quite a fair amount of wine deep.
1: Yeah, I would say more so than um, ahead of a usual episode. <laughs>
0: It's Christmas after all, why not? Let's get in the spirit.
1: Yeah, um, in a very literal sense. We've had um, uh, what I would describe as a not insignificant amount of Prosecco.
0: Yep, and now on the red wine.
1: Yeah, um, all the while watching your film choice for this week.
0: Yes, yes, my film choice as we cannonball into our last episode of 2018.
1: Yeah, and we did decide to end the year as we started it. Just me looking at you, just a
0: a guy looking at another guy, wondering what the hell we're doing here. (laughs)
1: And it was your turn to pick a film, as we said. Yeah. And uh, you did go for something uh, pretty appropriate.
0: Uh, yeah, I went for something uh, the befitting of the season.
1: Yeah, 1980s Christmas Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, Jackson's Christmas Lewis, Eve. Jackson, yeah, Lewis Jackson's Christmas
0: Evil. Yeah, Lewis Jackson's Christmas Evil. You'd say
1: his third and final film.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's never he never made anything else after this. Okay. Yeah. okay. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing isn't for
1: me to say. So, you were choosing between a couple of things, you said, for this. Yeah, um, I had a couple of things in mind. Uh, so, first off, what were you choosing between? Why did you pick this? And more broadly, Andy, tell me a little bit about your relationship with this film. Ah,
0: it. I see what you're, you've
1: done there. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so the kind of things I was tossing around were
0: kind of things like, I was like, oh, we could maybe do a Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I was like, I don't know, Silent Night, Deadly Night's pretty good. Um, and I was like, oh, we could do Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Mm -hmm. Um, But everyone knows that Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is actually pretty bad. Okay, yeah, yeah. And while it's a hoot, it's not really something I would readily recommend
1: to people. Yeah, I think it's like rather than trying to defend it, you would just be kind of straight up making fun of it for a couple of hours. Yeah. But then I thought, why not Christmas Evil? It's a film that
0: I think is only now starting to get kind of picked up and noticed. Obviously, it's available on Shudder.
1: It is, Um, yeah, yeah.
0: And I feel it's a film that, Although it's kinda of trashy and kinda of shitty, it's actually quite interesting. It's a kinda of interesting character study, um, of a kind of guy falling apart right in front of you. Yeah, there <laughs> is
1: yeah, there's some pretty heavy stuff going on in here actually. Yeah, it's not the it's not the cheeriest of Christmas films. No, that's a way of putting it for sure. <laughs> um I'm gonna make you do a thirty second synopsis. You do realize okay.
0: that. Okay. No, 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 I think I'm okay. I
1: was gonna say we we've been around the clock enough times, you knew this was coming. Yep. So, uh, I want to count you in, because for once it is I who has put 30 seconds on the clock.
0: Yeah, you've got the power.
1: I'm going to count you in and give us your best shot.
0: I'll do what you I get can. You to go?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I'm ready. Right, here we go. Three, two, one, Go. The year is 1947. Young Harry Stadling
0: creeps downstairs and sees Santa arrive in his living room, then goes down on his mum. Uh, Santa that is not the young boy. Um, Jump forward several years and Harry is corrupted by the experience and by his brother telling him that it wasn't Santa, it might have been their dad. And he becomes Santa and goes off on a kill-crazy rampage uh, and it's quite sad.
1: Yeah, I would say that's fair and that was also uh, in a very so solid crew style. You had twenty-one seconds to go.
0: Twenty-one seconds too. Well, go. no,
1: you took twenty-one seconds. You had ah. nine seconds to go. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: not at all like so solid crew.
1: <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty much to the point. You're covering all the key points there. And uh, as you said, we do kick off Christmas Eve, nineteen forty-seven. Now. 1947 in title card only, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They call it 1947 and make no real attempt to make it look like it was from then.
0: Not really. No, no, no. I guess the only thing that would have made it look more like now is if they had a television.
1: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's definitely got the feel of a 70s, 80s house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got a um, mother and two kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, We will go on to learn, of course, that that's Harry and Phil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of uh, sitting, kind of waiting for Santa.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 And and cometh the man. Uh, yeah. Cometh the hour.
1: Cometh the man. Cometh
0: the hour. Cometh the man. Uh, via the expected means. Yeah. Chimney. Yeah. Uh, crashing yeah. Crashing down the chimney. Then we get a kind of weird scene of Santa. Kind of. It's quite the spread actually that he's got to put out for him. Um. He's got like the kind of traditional milk and stuff. He also seems to have a weird kind of hand wash bowl, the kind of thing you would get if you ordered like a portion of mussels.
1: Yeah. That was weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what what is either a bar of soap or an entire block of butter?
1: Yeah, it's not entirely clear. <laughs> no.
0: And then he proceeds to eat and drink in a way that I can only describe as off putting and foul.
1: It's absolutely revolting. Um yeah, they um they sounded like daylights out of that.
0: Yeah. Essentially it sounds like this.
1: <laughs> oh god, that's awful. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, no, no. That's But, yeah, no, it's that. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. Not, it's not. Not helped by the fact that he has the look of a, like, drunk, down-and-out department store Santa as well.
0: <laughs> the kind that rings a bell in the street and collects money in, like, a plastic bucket. Yeah. Like, um,
1: uh, yeah, there's pretty much everything about the Santa that you see here. Uh, is kind of disquieting from the off. And, of course, we are to believe that it is actually, of course, uh, Harry and Phil's dad.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Who uh, turns up and does kind of like uh, loads of kind of traditionally Santa-y behaviour, mm-hmm. leaving presents around, and then um, exits via the chimney again. Mm. Whoop! Or at least disappears on the, up the chimney long enough for uh, his wife to put the two kids to bed.
0: His ascent is quite surprising. It's quite graceful. <laughs> yeah, surprising and, yeah, like quite magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it very well might have been the real Santa.
1: Well, that yeah, so that question is tantalisingly left unanswered. <laughs>
0: Equally tantalising is the scene that
1: comes up right after that. Let's not call it tantalising, but no. So we've got um, Harry and Phil arguing upstairs initially, mm-hmm. uh, because Harry is kind of resolute in his belief that that was actually Santa. Uh, Phil, a little bit more hardened, yeah, uh, saying, "No, it was Dad." Sure. And mm-hmm. at this point, you kind of get the kind of jumping-off point, the kind of butterfly flapping its wings. <laughs> that sets in motion in the chain of events the rest of the film. Yeah. Uh, young Harry makes his way
0: downstairs again to, uh, I guess, to kind of look into the evidence of Santa that may remain. Uh-huh. And stumbles across and I would call it an interesting tableau.
1: <laughs> it's a good use of tableau. Continue.
0: <laughs> Basically, it's Santa's on uh, on his knees I wouldn't say he's quite performing Cunilingus at this point, but he's certainly within sniffing distance of the mother's crotch.
1: Yeah, precursor to Cunilingus, I would
0: say. Yeah, the precursor to Cunilingus. So the foreplay to foreplay.
1: Uh yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, um but as things progress the eight play.
0: <laughs> so not two play. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But he uh, as things progress, he certainly buries his face into her crotch and uh she displays her pleasure by, uh, I guess, teasing the bauble on his Santa. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, yeah, It's all, it's, again, it's just fucking disgusting. Like, pretty much everything that goes on the chain of events here is actually, it's all just really, really troubling.
0: <laughs> Not the kind of thing you would do. I mean, it, I guess it kind of changes that whole I Saw Mummy kissing Santa Claus song.
1: I suppose it does, yeah, yeah. It's that followed to its natural extreme. And then, um... <laughs> We hear, like, Harry kind of takes off upstairs, and I would say, actually, that his reaction's a little bit disproportionate. Oh, go on. Like, takes a snow globe, shatters it, picks up a shard of glass, and then slices his own hand with it. What's your point? It <laughs> 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 just, just feels a little excessive to me. But we're straight to the credits.
0: Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, of course, listed here under its alternate title, You Better Watch Out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people may know it as you better watch out. And um, for this purpose, let's go with Christmas evil. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we kind of jump forward to now, then, I guess, round about 1980.
1: Yeah, 1980 it would have been, yeah, because it's present day. So we meet modern day Harry at this point. <laughs> yeah. who uh, I think actually, like, um the, the way that this incident has affected him is baffling. Right. Because he's obviously got this deep-rooted obsession with Christmas.
0: That is evident from the fact that when we first see him, he wakes up first thing in the morning and he's wearing a full Santa outfit in
1: bed. Well, yes, he's dressed as Santa in bed. He's got actually like, his his pajamas effectively as an entire Santa suit. He is <laughs> woken by a presumably home built music box alarm clock that plays Christmas songs, and he wakes up does his morning stretches to the sound of Winter Wonderland on vinyl, and then walks through a lobby that is absolutely bedecked with uh, Christmas paraphernalia of all kinds.
0: I've written festooned. I I'm all festooned. <laughs> Also, I've known at this point that this film is absolutely Christmas song bingo. Oh, it is absolutely
1: is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially carols.
0: Yeah, I would say just about every carol pops up. So I'm going to institute it now. It's probably quite an interesting Christmas carol drinking game.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, like yeah. yeah, There's definitely like I say, I think bingo is the way forward uh, with that one. And I would
0: say almost uh, every iteration of Santa Claus is coming to town that is possible.
1: Everyone that's ever been written makes a cut (laughs) for this film. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, he um, he cuts himself shaven pretty much straight after this, and you get this, just in case you weren't clear on the fact that who you were seeing here was kind of modern day Harry. Uh-huh. When he cuts himself shaven, you get a flashback to him cutting his hand with a slope, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, and we're kind of all caught up at this point. Now, so everything that you've seen so far about Harry's obsession with Christmas is kind of weird, but I don't want to say benign, but not malicious. Not, not malicious. Well, it is a little bit disturbing, but not in a kind of... Uh, <laughs> Not in a manifestly dangerous way.
0: Well, it's certainly disturbing that a grown man has such an obsession with Santa Claus.
1: Yeah, but I, I think that say. I think that it's only when you see him uh, spying on the neighborhood children that yeah. it takes a properly sinister turn.
0: I think it's worth mentioning that the tone in this film turns on a dime. Whether it always works or not is a matter of some debate. But I would say that uh, for good or bad, the tone tends to turn on a dime.
1: Yeah, the tone swings pretty wild. And I would, I would agree, I don't know if it necessarily always has the tightest handle on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's definitely true. I think that you never know where it's going next.
0: And I would say this is one of those scenes where it happens so clearly. Very quickly, we see Harry with a kind of like a telescope. Yeah. Uh, watching neighbourhood children through the bedrooms and immediately, or through their bedroom windows, and immediately you're like, oh my god, is he a fucking pervert? Is he a pedo? And it's never really framed that way. No, no, it's actually, Well, it feels that way. But then it very, he pulls out a journal and he starts to write down under the different
1: children's names. I think a journal is underselling it. He's got two like, gigantic tomes one for naughty and one for nice children. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. they, they, these are not A5 pads. <laughs> no, they're not. No. No, but he's got into some detail
0: here. Mm. And he seems to have a particular gripe with one local child, Moss Garcia. Yes, Moss Garcia. Who I think just seems kind of like me when I was that age. Picks his nose, wanks, <laughs> imp, impure thoughts. Yeah. Has impure thoughts is a bit stinky. Uh, loves looking at pornomags.
1: I think that uh, I, th- I think that any bad behaviour that Moss Garcia exhibits in this film might be him acting out because of the fact that the name that he has been given is tantamount to child abuse. <laughs>
0: And as it comes out later, he is the victim of child abuse. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. fucking hell. Um, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, but he also
0: yeah. pulls Sally's hair.
1: Oh, that, is that in the notes? Is that, yeah, is that one notes. of his yeah. transgressions? Uh, yeah, and neg- uh, my favourite one is negative
0: body hygiene.
1: <laughs> oh, negative body hygiene, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we see enough of this for it to be kind of seeded. It's not kind of explored in a particular length because then we get to see kind of Harry in his day job.
0: Yeah, he works at the <laughs> the Jolly Dream Toy Factory.
1: Uh yes. I'm uh, having recently been promoted from the assembly line, it would appear to like some kind of office position. Yeah, he's some kind of middle management. Yeah, I don't think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, he's he's definitely got some kind of supervisory thing. Although, uh, he's kind of like kind of I don't want to say bullied, but he's kind of uh, needled quite a bit by the assembly line guy. In like,
0: I mean, thing. he is weird, and that's not me in any way advocating bullying. But what I would say is he. Seems like a soft target.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, 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 these guys
0: absolutely. exploit that. They kind of see that this kind of weakness and this um, kind of vulnerability in them and they exploit that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like pretty much straight after this, one of the assembly line guys kind of basically strong arms him into picking up a, kind of like what seems to be like a night shift or a late shift. Yeah. back on the assembly line for him uh, under the pretense that he needs to leave early for like a long weekend with his wife or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I'm. Um, I mean, Harry doesn't. He evidently doesn't want to do that, but he's sufficiently malleable that he just does it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Harry.
0: What's really admirable about Harry as well is that he has such a love for the toys, and he's got such a love for the job, and such a love for the production line. Um,
1: Yeah, it seems
0: like a kind of like a kind of reluctant promotion.
1: Yeah, because they've said that like um, he's um, kind of reticent about being kind of further away from the hands-on element of the job and all that kind of thing, which I think is kind of a shame. Yeah, if the guy's happy, don't move him. Um, but yeah, he but he does pick up a shift on the assembly line, and as you pointed out, the uh, the toys that the Jolly Dream uh, toy factory make are shite, pretty shite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like sub pound shop shit.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> kind of like
1: again, kind of all one color, plastic molded. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, pretty terrible.
0: But he he he's a real kind of advocate for the pride, taking pride in the toys. He really just wants to be close to the toys.
1: Yeah. Um, despite them being shite. Yeah, exactly. Um, although, he does look a little bit rattled when he's leaving later. Well, um, yeah. And no more so than when he's kind of walking along, he walks past the odd couple lounge. <laughs> uh, the bar in the town. Well and, spotted, yeah. And uh, and spots the very man who he'd taken the shift off of yeah. to let him leave town early and stuff. Frank. He'd- Frank is uh, kind of having a drink in the bar and gloating about the fact that he basically conned him into taking the shift. So he could go out in the Randan with the lads. Exactly. So uh, Harry freaks out at this point, runs all the way home. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. More weird, pathologically obsessed with Christmas shit happens at this point.
0: Yeah. Can I just quickly talk about Santa in general? If you'd like. I've never understood why Santa is heralded as this kind of figure that kids should like. To me, it's an inherently scary (laughs) character.
1: Is it because of the kind of, like, surveillance undertones, too?
0: The surveillance undertones, the coming and going as he pleases, mm-hmm. the demands for food, um, <laughs> that there's an expectation that you feed him. Um, I just, I, I find
1: Santa unsettling. I think that uh, he's obviously been dreamt up as a bargaining chip for uh parents to use for their kids to not be arseholes in the two months and run up to Christmas.
0: It doesn't work. I've never heard of anybody who was such an arsehole their parents went Santa said you weren't getting presents and didn't give them presents.
1: I would actually love to know if anyone that's listening has a story like that. Whether yeah. it's them or someone they know. Has anyone out there been such a little
0: prick that their parents have just <laughs> withheld all their Christmas presents. Get in touch. <laughs> Get in touch and let us know if you're an asshole. <laughs>
1: But yeah, after this, Harry heads straight to the old family home. Sure, yeah. And at this point, Uh, we don't know who is occupying it uh, when he looks in the window Yeah, Mm -hmm. and sees uh, this kind of, uh, this very kind of conventional nuclear family Mm -hmm. um, where the wife and kids kind of hurry the two kids off to bed. The kids are barely out of earshot before they're... I
0: don't even think the kids, I think they're just in another room and mum and dad are... Let's say fucking on the kick
1: They're just like at it Yeah like yeah. straight away she,
0: Her legs are really wide <laughs> like She's got her legs like Splayed And he's like right in between them um, They're fully clothed at this point Oh they're fully clothed But Yeah, yeah. There's gotta be stuff rubbing
1: there For Christ's <laughs> sake There's gotta be some friction <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come back to our hand head wrecks And that Denim seam boner
1: <laughs> <laughs> For Christ's <laughs> sake it's a great year end callback. Yeah, there we go. Um yeah, but, but we figure out kind of eventually um that what like who we are spying on here or who he is spying on weirdly enough is his brother. Yeah, uh, Phil and his wife Jackie. Yeah, ja- Jackie,
0: yep, Jackie and uh, their kids Dennis and Mark.
1: Dennis and Mark. Yeah. yeah. So we get a little bit of a well, this it does a really weird thing at this point because first off, it's in it's in the evening. The kids are upstairs and the parents are kind of effectively shagging in the living room. (laughs) And then literally in the next scene, the parents are shagging upstairs and the kids are in the living room and it's broad daylight.
0: Again, what's your point?
1: Well, there's been a passage of time. They presumably haven't been shagging all that time. But uh, in that time, everyone's passed each other.
0: They maybe walked their way round the kids uh, like <laughs> the kids came Christ. out of the living room they went through the kitchen through the hall up the stairs and <laughs> um, worth mentioning at this point actually that Phil is played by Jeffrey DeMunn who people might know from films like The Green Mile from TV shows like The Walking Dead where he played Dale Horvath Dale
1: Horvath yeah
0: yeah, uh, yeah uh, pretty much unrecognisable looks a bit like Elias Cotillas in this
1: yeah no totally yeah yeah definitely so yeah the first real look that we get at how Harry and Phil's Relationship, well, I was going to say developed, or if you prefer, hasn't developed over the years. Yeah, is um, this conversation that you see uh, Phil having with his wife, <laughs> where she tells him obviously it's it's Thanksgiving and Harry's supposed to be coming over, and she basically is like, leave him alone. <laughs> I kind of don't make fun of him for his shortcomings kind of thing
0: of I, which uh,
1: they are myriad well yeah. he certainly thinks so yeah and um, but he's like oh it just makes me so fucking angry he gets like really raging about it and um, do you know what makes me angry go on the fact that
0: Dennis and Mark have respectively asked for a typewriter and a calculator for their Christmas presents <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking shit <laughs> like i tell you who should be getting bullied Dennis and Mark Point Dexter's
1: Strong language and violent scenes does not advocate bullying in any platform.
0: No, no, we don't. We don't at all, but dorks. That's what dorks get for Christmas. Get a bike, get a skateboard, get Castle Grayskill.
1: Anyway, um, Harry cancels appearing at Thanksgiving. Yeah, because he's butch. Well, because he's at home being depressed and dressing as Santa. (laughs) Sure. Ultimately. I mean, he says he has other plans, those are what the other plans are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much the size of it. Uh, yeah, and like, um, and we see this in this very depressing montage where you see him just kind of like moping around the house, kind of half dressed, just sat in voiceover, uh, kind of reading out some, uh, reading out, I think it's either carols or kind of like festive poetry of some kind. Well, he paints his van. He doesn't even paint his van to look like a sleigh. He just paints a sleigh on the side of his van.
0: It's worth well noting that it's the the kind of pervious pedal van. And he just paints a sleigh on the side, which only adds to his creepiness. Uh,
1: yes, it's, uh, it's yes. The the van is super shady and very it's made, attractive to children. It's made only more shady by the by the sleigh painting on the side of it. Yeah.
0: Well, this <laughs> around the time he starts constructing his
1: own Santa suit. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this all happens, and like I say, the in the same exceptionally bleak montage, I think that you see pretty much all this stuff.
0: Well, like, the kind of catalyst for this is his big moment, his big exciting moment, as he's watching the Macy's Day Parade. And he's just waiting for one moment, and that's the moment when Santa makes his appearance at the Macy's Day Parade, mm-hmm. and that's the catalyst for him to decide, yeah, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm Santa.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think that it's like irreversible at this point, but I think that that's where it's seated properly. Yeah, it's the first real look at that that you get right after this montage, he meets the kids in the neighborhood when he's nice. just kind of out walking. <laughs> And I think that this is kind of interesting and kind of important because the kids are mostly pretty nice to him. In fact, they're all nice to him and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um they're all kind of friendly. But um, we once again run into Moss Garcia, yeah. who had in the initial kind of surveillance sequence that we saw, um, uh, Harry had spotted him looking at a Penthouse magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he asks the kids what they've wished for. And uh, all of them have really wholesome wishes, apart from uh, Moss, who just wants a subscription to Penthouse Magazine. Yep, catapulting him to the top of the bad kid list. Um, yeah, al- alongside, apparently, the fact that he throws rocks at dogs. <laughs> so I think it's arguable that Moss is actually is kind of just a bit of a cunt, actually.
0: Uh, kind of There's an argument that Moss uh, could be a future serial killer.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the hallmarks. Yeah, all yeah. of his
0: behaviours point uh, Quite heavily to that.
1: It's like, yeah, like uh, What is it
0: called? The McDonald triad? Is that what they call it? It's like fire starting, like abusing animals, and uh, wetting the bed.
1: He's definitely got a pulls the wings off flies kind of feel about him, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Harry comes from an abusive household. Speaking of that abusive household, Harry uh, later on, like, skulks around outside the Garcia house. And he's, hang on now, remind me, is he still dressed as Santa at this point as No, well?
0: he's dressed in uh, his civvies, like his uh, Harry garb. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he uh, watches Moss Garcia through the window for quite a long time before No, it's at this point that Harry does something which I think is bananas. Go on. He smears his face and hands with what appears to be mud or tar.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is then weird. And
0: smears his face and hands on the outside of the Garcia residence.
1: Yep, he does all those things.
0: And then ducks down behind the bushes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... um... And then, yeah, we kind of get a little bit of uh, an insight into how how uh, Moss might have ended up the way he is. Because uh, Moss and his mother leave the house. Mm-hmm. Moss spots something moving in the bushes. Sure. Goes over there. Um, Harry kind of, kind of grabs for him?
0: Grabs at him, kind of, and, yeah.
1: And Moss runs off. <laughs> yeah, Moss takes off um, and pretty much uh, gets kind of hit in the face by his mum for expressing concerns for his own personal safety. <laughs> yeah. Someone's in the bush. I tell you, it's like it's incredibly uncomfortable viewing that one moment. I kind of like I didn't like that was quite shocking to me when it happened.
0: Absolutely, yeah. yeah I, I kind of yeah.
1: recoiled a little bit when it happened, but yeah, that's all that scene really builds to. Yeah, and then um, it ha- doesn't go anywhere. No, and then Harry heads home and this is the point where I use the word festooned. Right, okay. Um Because uh, you kind of, when he goes home, when Harry goes home, you see more of his house and you basically see more puppets and more toys. Well, the and fact I
0: that he has puppets hanging up and he has kind of eyeless dolls and like weird ceramic Victorian dolls, you're like, hang on, this guy's fucking bonkers.
1: Well, yeah, I just said, uh, I, I had this film is festooned with creepy imagery, Yeah, especially I, when it's his house.
0: I've never seen a film when a house is festooned with puppets and dolls and it isn't populated, like the resident there
1: isn't a fucking madman. I love the fact that we're just saying festooned at every opportunity. Sure. Stare this into the Jolly Dream uh, Christmas party. Oh my god. What a strange little shindig this one is.
0: Yep, very depressing. Um, the era of depression only, enhanced by the fact that the only
1: music playing is the blues. That's a weird choice. <laughs> It's a very weird choice. And um, I think that it kind of beats you to death with this kind of depressing, overly corporate feel to it because you see Harry, for the most part of the scene, having kind of this really kind of miserable, bureaucratic chat with his kind of new colleagues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The people that are kind of now on his level since he's been promoted.
0: Yeah, including George Gross, who's been added to the the company executive scheme, um, who's a slimy little fuck
1: so this is an interesting one i think because this is where i think that the film takes some steps to portray harry pretty sympathetically in a weird mm-hmm. way because the guy Gross. what did you say his name was george Gross. george Gross. thank you so he has come up with this idea for um donating toys from the jolly dream company to a um a hospital for children nearby
0: <laughs> but um what harry is concerned about is that actually no research has been
1: done in this to He's like, have you crunched the numbers? Um, Are there enough toys to go around for the kids in the hospital? Mm -hmm. And George Gross basically doesn't know.
0: No, he's just going to send them like 10.
1: So at this point, Harry, understandably, gets kind of wound up about it, storms out, goes back, takes a whole load of them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, takes a whole load of toys, shoves them in a bag, and he's obviously just going to head out and make sure that there's enough to go around. Yeah. Which I think is kind of like way more the kind of, the more benign, less creepy side of the Santa obsession that you see in the film. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he also fills
0: uh, some bags with dirt, presumably for the bad kids. Yeah, presumably, yeah, yeah, I hadn't considered that. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then at this point, one of my favourite scenes in the film, actually, uh, the first time that Harry kind of s- attaches his beard to his face.
1: He glues it this time, doesn't yeah,
0: he? Yeah, you see him in his bathroom and he's spirit-gumming the beard to his face. Mm-hmm. And he's just, the minute he kind of sees himself for the first time with that kind of Santa beard he's so happy he's just like over the moon he's he's crying he's, it's a really to me it's a really affecting scene in a, in, a, in a film that on the surface when you see a film called Christmas Evil or, or you better watch out you wouldn't expect it to have half of the stuff that it has
1: so I think that now might be a good time to talk a, a little bit about Brandon Margaret's performance in this as Harry okay Mm-hmm. Because in this scene Like you say This is kind of like It's not dialogue driven Obviously he's on his own Mm -hmm. It's a lot more about mannerism It's a lot more about um, How he It It's a physical performance Yeah And I I said to you at this point That I thought that he was pretty good Mm-hmm. And you made a pretty good point about the fact that this is v- his performance in this film was very much a game of two halves.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's not even as simple as saying, oh well, he doesn't handle dialogue as well, um, because there are some moments later where he slips into whether it's intentional physical comedy or accidental physical comedy, but it's uneven across the board.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that I, I think there's a lot of things that he does right, but and I think that I was kind of thinking more about those. But I think that you're right. I think as the film unfolds, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that the weaker po- the weaker points, the more identifiable weaker points, are mostly dialogue.
0: Yeah, and I would actually say that everything pretty much from the minute he has Santa, his performance is much, much stronger. Yeah, I would say that's I probably think he true. Functions less well when he's just Harry.
1: Yeah, I think that the more ordinary he has to be, the straighter <laughs> he has to play it. I think that the the looser his grip is on the material, potentially.
0: I would absolutely agree with that.
1: Um, I want to touch on just briefly, see, while this is going on, you cut back to the uh, Jolly Dream Christmas party and it's got potentially the best version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town that I've ever heard. <laughs> you were loving that. That amazing funk version of it. <laughs> I think uh, Harry's homemade
0: Santa suit is absolute dynamite.
1: Yeah, I agree. The first proper look that you get is, um, he seems to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he seems to like supplement the toys that he's stolen from the factory Mm-hmm. he's taken to the hospital by breaking into some houses and stealing some other presents? He,
0: I think he gives and takes, like he leaves, there's a point where he breaks into a house and he seems to leave like a lot of Jolly Dream toys and maybe takes some other ones with him.
1: Ah, okay, okay, okay.
0: Maybe he's looking for a bit of variety, which is understandable given that you don't want every kid in the world to have these terrible fucking toys. Ah, uh-huh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense, I guess. But yeah, when he does that for the first time, when you see him kind of breaking in and doing that, that's the first look you get at his homemade Santa suit. And yeah,
0: mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, also rocking a rather large, oversized piece of kitchenware here.
1: Uh Yeah, you know my, I know how much you hate those large kitchen knives.
0: You know my thoughts on that. I've got a real problem with oversized knives.
1: And this one is huge. It's pretty big. It doesn't really serve too much of a practical purpose for the most
0: part. Well, when you see him with it first, you're like, oh my God, he's going to kill somebody with that. But he just uses it to cut ribbons. Yeah, like, yeah, I think, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, he goes on to kill some people, but he never uses that. Never uses that. It's simply to cut ribbons and separate presents. Yeah.
1: So, straight off the back of this, he heads to the hospital to make the delivery.
0: Yeah. Pretty altruistic behaviour here, if I'm honest.
1: Yeah, he has an awkward exchange with with one of my favourite kind of unusual uh, recurring characters in films, which is the security guard, who is 100 years old. (laughs) Holy... Like Dick Van Dyke in Night at the Museum. Yeah, <laughs> the Night Watchman who looks like he's been there since maybe yeah. about 1930. Yeah, got you. Uh, so that happens, and but the sequence where he drops the gifts off is actually really nice.
0: Of course, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like the staff
1: come out and like he drops them off, and like it's all kind of like there's nothing. Well, I was gonna say there's nothing weird about it. There's an inherent weirdness to watching that character because of what we know about him. Yeah. But in the scene as presented,
0: like I say, it's very much. Uh, He's doing this thing for these kids in this hospital. He's not asking for anything in return. Uh, he has a van full of presents. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely definitely, stout. a block with presents. Um, but, yeah, he's just doing something for people because he is, in his heart of hearts, a good guy. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, After this, he, pulls, he, so he heads away again in the van, pulls up in front of a church, and... Gets the piss taken out of him by uh, some people that are leaving the church. Some of whom seem like quite pissed, given that they've been in church. Yeah, because at first I
0: was like, "Is this the aftermath of the the jolly dream Christmas party?" Yeah, because we
1: rewound it and looked. Yeah,
0: and I was like, oh, "Nope, it is a church. So a these church? are just uh, assholes at church."
1: Yeah, there's this kind of there's a kind of ringleader of the uh, of the church based assholes here, <laughs> who ends up getting stabbed in the eye.
0: Oh, that's actually quite
1: a good effect. It's a good ice stab, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, yeah. I was,
0: happy with it. Uh, he's, uh, he comes out. He's kind of ridiculing Santa. Uh, he's ridiculing the sleigh, which is obviously a van. Uh, he's just, he's just been a total douchebag, for yeah, no, for no reason. Actually, no reason whatsoever. This is the moment where I guess kind of Harry's altruism starts to falter a little bit.
1: Um, yeah I think it's certainly where like the message of it gets a little bit distorted from here
0: yeah I I would say it's already faltering Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah but this is the moment where we realise that Harry's totally fucked
1: yeah
0: Um, when he pulls out a toy soldier with a bayonet and jams it into this dude's eye.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, and then proceeds to kill a, a couple of other people yeah, with an axe. Hack,
0: yeah, hacks them to bits with a hatchet. Uh, right.
1: bears, bear's mentioning, and I think it is interesting that this film takes almost an hour before you see its first kill.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Um, but there's some pretty, I would say there's some pretty important world building up to that point.
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, I think the film's all the better for it. I think that like um, it does a lot of really heavy lifting before it kind of shifts gears. And I think this is without a doubt. Weird at Shift Gears.
0: Yeah. He's never been violent up until this point.
1: Um yeah, pretty much. Although um he does kinda of off the back of his head to another party. Or he doesn't go to another party, he kind of hovers around its side one and gets accosted by some people. Yeah, this is that uh the kinda of t- turn on a dime thing
0: that I was talking about. So he goes from being this really kind, altruistic Santa guy who's taking presents to these kids in a hospital to stabbing and hacking guys to pieces outside a, a hospital. And then two seconds later, he's pulled into a party and dances for a prolonged period of
1: time. This scene does take a while.
0: With some kids yeah. and some ladies.
1: Yeah, I um, I couldn't figure out. I found I find the tone of the start of the scene really hard to read. Because I'm, <laughs> when they turn up and they're like, oh, you have to come in because we've caught you and stuff like that. It had the feel of one of the bullying scenes. Oh, fucking from leprechaun. I mean, It had the feel of one of the bullying scenes from earlier on.
0: Right, okay, yeah, yeah. You
1: right. know, I think that their tone is quite aggressive, but then when he gets in, the tone is super jovial.
0: Actually, it's Harry's tone that changes again on a dime here um, because he delivers this kind of speech to the kids about uh, if you're good, I'll come back next year and I'll give you presents and everything will be fine. He says, and if you're bad, I'll come and I'll give you something horrible.
1: Yeah, this is pretty interesting. I think because um, when he does the kind of obviously this is towards the end of the scene, he's been doing all the dancing and stuff, and the kids are there because apparently babysitters don't exist in nineteen eighty.
0: Well, there's no, there's no kind of semblance of time. It is the winter. It could be five o'clock.
1: This is very true, actually. Yeah, but like he's on his way away, and he addresses the kids, and like you say, first off, he says and he doesn't just say be good. You know, he's like, "I'll oh, listen to your parents, listen to your teachers, learn a lot, and all this kind of thing." It's all very kind of wholesome messages, mm. and he says this. He's like, oh, "If you do this, you'll get great presents every year." This, as a moment on its own, again in isolation, is quite sweet. Yeah, sure. Straight off the back of that, you're right. He talks about what happens when they're bad. Not so sweet. Very menacing, <laughs> and instantly, like a complete reversal. He just he's also
0: thought, fucking covered in filth. <laughs> <laughs> he's really like, he's really dirty, like.
1: Which there's an element of willful blindness to uh, up to that point from the party, considering how fucking disheveled he looks yeah he looks terrible I and mean, he jumps back in the van and is totally unhinged at this point as well which again I think is not necessarily entirely consistent with what you've just seen yeah he jumps back in his van and he's like
0: slapping the steering wheel and he's like I'm Dasher I'm Detson yeah, like, I'm Blitzen yeah he's screaming like, oh imaginary God. reindeer and all this kind of thing
1: and then yeah potentially the saddest, film, the saddest scene of them all maybe at this point
0: it's pretty um, and it's long it is it? Oh, yeah it's
1: protracted isn't it
0: and it's yeah it's really like just stop, Harry. Stop this. Because
1: um, he climbs up... like So he stops at another house. Obviously has designs on kind of doing a present delivery. Climbs up onto the roof. Tries to come down the chimney. Gets stuck. Climbs out. Falls over. Climbs right <laughs> down the ladder. And it takes... Forever. And, um, the
0: walk I think the climb back down the ladder is the saddest part of it.
1: <laughs> I, for me, it's the kind of when he realizes he's not going to make it down the chimney. Oh, man. And you just see him kind of giving up halfway through. I think that that's like, that's heavy going. And like I say, I think, I have no idea how long that scene actually takes, but I felt like I was watching it for about four days. <laughs>
0: But uh, he's still pretty determined to get out of this house. So, like, uh, not
1: to be undone, he uh, breaks in through a basement window. <laughs> Pierre's mentioning, by the way, as well, that when I'm now talking about that moment, being like, oh, it was really sad. And then you understand why he's picked this house. And then, ah. it's, <laughs> and then it's not so sad anymore.
0: Yeah, it becomes a bit more like, oh, Harry, no. Yeah, because he, on, go-
1: man. Cause he goes in through a basement window, as you say. Skulks around a family home. You see the kids first, but then you realise that this is the home of that guy from the beginning, Frank. The, the wank. condiment. The condiment had taken the, Frank the wag. The condiment had taken the shift. Yeah. yeah. Um. Who he tries to suffocate, shanks it, and then eventually grabs the star from a Christmas tree and cuts his throat with it. His wife is a deep sleeper. She's a very heavy sleeper. You could not get away with that
0: in my bedroom.
1: Yeah. No. She. She. Unless
0: just... my wife was complicit. <laughs>
1: She obliviously sleeps through an, like, an attempted murder Then an actual murder
0: He is wriggling Screaming He's got a bag Full of presents Over his face yeah he doesn't flinch
1: And Harry's a big guy So is Frank mm-hmm. Oh yeah yeah Aye, It's like it's a really Animated struggle And then yeah He gets his throat cut It's almost comical
0: either. That she doesn't wake up
1: uh, I think it's just Really funny Like yeah <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't think It's almost comical I think it's and really And you
0: neglected to mention The mother, the actual final mother weapon
1: Yeah it's a star From the top of the tree <laughs>
0: Which he uses like some kind of shuriken to slash his throat open. It's not a terrible throat slash, though. No, no, no. Actually, I mean the eye stab earlier was really strong, um, considering that this film obviously had a meagre budget.
1: Yeah, and I think that like maybe and. The film's not reliant on practical effects at all. Like no. I said, I mean, like we're, it's not a gory film really, with a couple I don't of exceptions. Think it's
0: massively intended to be. A, no, I don't think it chari- is either. No, it's a character piece.
1: But I'm just, I think, I guess the reason I bring it up is that when the time comes for those elements to come into play, they get it very right.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not Silent Night, Deadly Night. No, it's not trying to be really. It's kind of precursor to that. Yeah, I guess.
1: So. But yeah, he kind of makes good his escape, presumably before his wife wakes up. Um, and well, she's uh, stunning at this point. <laughs> And we jump to Christmas Day. Yeah. We're back in Phil and Jackie's house at this point, and Harry's Rampage is on the news. <laughs> and anyone with any information is encouraged to call the emergency services on 999-1212. <laughs> By
0: a guy who is clearly meant to be Geraldo Rivera, but looks like Prince. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree on both of those, uh, both of those points. Um, Phil and Jackie have a bit of a domestic at this point. Um, And we learn a little bit more about... um, We kind of go into the background of their relationship a little bit more at this point as well.
0: Uh Mm Uh-huh.
1: We get a little bit of an understanding of them. Before we rejoin Harry, passed out in the back of his van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More just kind of unbelievably bleak imagery, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the character of Harry is so fucking sad, man. Like, it's so bleak and so heavy. But then you get a moment that comes up right after this, which is just the total antithesis of this kind of... It's a Christmas film, it's a Christmas horror film, but we don't really know what we're doing with the tone. So we're like, fucking hell, man, this guy's story is really heavy, really dark, really bleak. What we need now is a hilarious lineup of potential murderous Santas.
1: And this is hilarious. Some of them are black. And some of them are like, the, the, and I would say that the height range is like maybe five foot four to six foot six.
0: <laughs> some are really fat. Some a yeah. uh, it's it's great, and they're all having to step forward and go ho ho ho, and they're like, "Give it more guts,
1: man! Give it more!" Yeah, ho ho ho. It's difficult. It's <laughs> difficult to not think about the lineup of the usual suspects. And <laughs> <laughs> They made me laugh in the same way. No, this I sequence, hear you're looking for currently man, bitch. Yeah, this sequence uh, was um, really funny, but again, I think that in a way, that almost feels like a little bit like a tonal sore thumb. Yeah, it's like anytime time
0: they. they, they the filmmakers or the producers whoever felt like it was getting too dark they're like we need to like we need to put something in here like a kind of tonic to lighten the mood which i think is
1: a mistake in a lot of cases. I, I, think. I
0: think it occasionally, I'll throw my hands up and say occasionally, I think it's a mistake here because the stuff that it does really well is building the, the, the kind of darkness that's grown within Harry and kind of manifesting itself within Harry and, and kind of warping his opinions on Christmas and Santa and I guess the kind of pure motive that he had starting this out.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think that, yeah, I, I think that the parts of this that don't entirely work or when you feel like they're kind of wimping out of going down that road as much as they should. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, there's like, for as, for as funny as that sequence is, mm-hmm. and it is really funny, I think that it's got no place in the film.
0: <laughs> it's just an excuse to inject some cop humour as well. Like, because there's like some cops that are in this one scene and they're only in this scene. And yeah. they've got some kind of quirky cop lines and some kind of, uh, and it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't lead anywhere. It's not like these cops are like, Characters who are now leading the search for him
1: No, there's just this scene Genuinely Um, just like nameless guys who crack wise for 30 seconds and then disappear Yeah
0: (laughs) But really our eyes aren't on them at all They're on the the series of hilarious Santas behind them (laughs) exactly So again, while we're kind of talking about Tonal shifts and stuff So we have this really weird, out of place Kind of scene where with the cops and with the Santas and stuff and then you get this really sad, tender scene where Harry phones Phil
1: Yeah, this is a strange one
0: Yeah, phones Phil to tell him, he won't be joining them for Christmas At this point, Phil's got a pretty clear idea that it's Harry that's the Santa on the news and Harry says to him, look don't worry about me, I'm just going to play this tune one more time Mm -hmm. and then Phil's like, please please, I don't like this game Harry, don't do it don't do it, and it's quite a it's quite a sad little scene.
1: Yeah, I think that it's um this this scene does good work in terms of kind of giving the kind of rounding out the Phil character a little bit because mm-hmm. I think at this point he's kind of been a little bit one dimensionally dickish to Harry, <laughs> and okay. I think that like I think that for that character to work sympathetically, you need to give him a little bit more compassion. Sure, yeah, and yeah. I think that you do see that here, and it's yeah, it's an interesting one, and again, it's kind of it's a strange fit to come straight out of uh, what we just saw, but it's an it's an effective scene in its own right.
0: Mm-hmm. I think at this scene, you, you kind of get that clearest kind of... Like like I said before, I feel like the Harry character as Harry isn't as strong as Harry as Santa. And it's at this point that everything below the hat, above the beard... So that one little kind of shaft of skin that you can see, mm-hmm. which is kind of eyes and nose, you can kind of see the kind of tiredness and the madness and the sadness in his eyes really clearly. Yeah. And he just looks done at this point. He looks absolutely done.
1: Yeah, it's one of his stronger moments, I think, performance-wise. Here as well. <laughs> okay. I think it's good. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight out of this, Harry heads to kind of this large kind of house that we don't know much about. And this is kind of a jump off into the last quarter of an hour or so of this film, which mm-hmm. is pretty much madness, I think. <laughs> but it does stage something really nicely. I'm not entirely sure of how I think it actually handles it, but I think that the idea is really interesting. Right. So he's on a to the house, and he gets kind of accosted by this little group of kids who are obviously kind of excited about him and seeing him. And he's happy to see them. Yeah, and because he, he's, like, all, the way through the, all the way through the film, he's good with kids.
0: Yeah, he obviously loves kids, and what very early is painted as him potentially being a creep or a perv or a pedo is not at all the way he is. He is very much a binary good or bad when it comes to kids. And it's determined... I guess the film kind of maybe has this hint that a kid, certainly with the stuff that happens with Moss Garcia, there's this kind of hint that he might hurt a child.
1: Yeah, which is the kind of darker and the kind of the distortion.
0: But the film never actually goes down that path, so it's never allowed time to germinate and grow into anything. Yeah. Um, Which I think is for the good because I I totally agree, I totally uh, agree. I think if Harry was off killing children it would be far harder to relate to him and to find him kind of empathetic and sad and I think the fact that it kind of becomes quite apparent that he loves kids and he just wants the best for kids he just really wants to be Santa as we know him, binary mm-hmm. old fat Santa.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the kids meet him and they're obviously delighted to see him because as far as they're concerned, he is Santa. Yeah, Which is obviously kind of him at his happiest. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about this, I guess, is that at this point, the fact that a guy in a Santa suit had killed three people on the steps of a church is now news. Yeah. So the parents are there kind of trying to keep a cool head, but they know that there may be some very real danger here. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um like I say I think it's an interesting I think that's an interesting idea. I'm not 100% sold on the execution. Right. But I think I think yeah, it's an interesting one and I think eventually you've got one parent I forget whose parent it is. I think it's maybe Angelina.
0: Angelina's the name of a little girl. The girl yeah.
1: yeah. Um her dad is the one who can't keep a cool head. No, no, no. He pulls a
0: switchblade on Santa. Yeah, which Angelina promptly uh, takes off him. Yeah, she
1: disarms her dad like like a fucking legend, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just uh, gives it to Santa. And again, I think that like. Harry continues to just be like Apart from that time Where he killed three people He's just kind of bumbling No I think he's kind of peaceful In the way that he approaches Most of his interactions with people Like say Apart from that time Where he killed The triple murderer But like um, Apart from that He, um, he g- makes his way out of there He's got a knife in his hand He doesn't kill anyone yeah, I think it would have been harder For Angelina to care If
0: uh, Harry had ran over And just stabbed her dad to death Like just stabbed him <laughs> Just fucking stabbed him 500 times I suppose so like, Turned him into a human teabag Yeah that's
1: It's like, fair At this point, he's literally chased by a mob with torches. Like Frankenstein. (laughs) Like Frankenstein.
0: (laughs) Pursued through the streets of what is, at the time, modern America. They don't have, like... Flashlights? No, no, no! It's they have.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's. So yeah, true. It's, it's
0: important to mention that they don't have flashlights. They have flaming torches <laughs> dipped in petrol and <laughs> ignited, and they chase him like the townsfolk in Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that's exactly right. Again, I my feeling for the character is totally at odds with how this is played because I think that Harry I feel sorry for Harry in this moment but every second of this is hilarious right okay and because uh, this leads right into his uh, comedy pratfall into the bins yes exactly yeah,
0: which is which is quite sad and,
1: yeah there's a couple um, of comedy falls in this entire sequence um, he eventually kind of again he gets away of
0: course pretty he's, he's wily
1: makes it to his Slippery. van yeah he eventually gets away though despite being kind of a little bit shambling
0: <laughs> the man is fucking exhausted. He spent a night lying on top of
1: uncomfortable toys. <laughs> uh goes to Phil's house.
0: That does not go well.
1: No. Um. And again, this is sad and goes to extremes. That kind of undercuts the kind of emotional weight of it. I think. Like when they start having an argument, and you understand that um of the kind of triggering incident that we see at the start right, with uh, okay. yeah, what he sees downstairs with uh, his mom and Santa, it's as much that. <laughs> As um
0: as the as relationship as brother
1: yeah and Phil's inability or unwillingness to believe yeah in Santa is as much of something that's kind of um affected him which is really fucking weird <laughs> yeah, it's weird that this was such an event um equally weird I think in the disproportionate reaction stakes Phil starts choking him
0: well, <laughs> Phil says that um that Harry's actions and killing these people has ruined Phil's life not so much concerned about how it. Affects Harry's own life, which is yeah. probably quite dramatic given that there appears to be a lynch mob after him.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, it, yeah, and uh, I mean, Harry accuses Phil of being responsible for all of this, uh, which is also a leap. And, yeah, which is also a leap given that he didn't really do anything other than kind of brother to brother jabbing, which is pretty. Common, pretty commonplace,
1: place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, strangles him, strangles him out, strangles him to the point that like you know, there's a there's a very real moment where you think that Harry might be dead.
0: Yeah, and Phil, uh, in his infinite wisdom decides to hide the body, like to get rid of the corpse. So uh, another
1: unintentionally comedic moment.
0: Yeah, perhaps not. Perhaps that whole family's a bit
1: fucked. Maybe. I mean, like yeah, like um, the the fact that he kind of um, immediately goes into this kind of again very kind of slapstick attempts to hide the body has no idea what he's doing.
0: Mwah, mwah, mwah. Very
1: much so, kind of like total slide whistle stuff. Yeah. While he's like, um, <laughs> dragging the body around, stashing it into the van.
0: A bit of weekend at shit
1: Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> then at this point, Harry comes too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, but, uh, he's in possession of the necessary tools to kill someone, doesn't do it. This is brother, though. Yeah, but, like, mm. distracts, punches him in the neck. Um, which uh, kind of buys him enough time right in the throat to make good his escape he he drives the van again could have killed people didn't the mob he meets the mob in the street doesn't run any of them down instead swings a hard right drives off a bridge and then I think we have very different opinions on how the actual ending of this film uh,
0: plays out Mitch you go first I think that what we have here is Harry pulls a hard right flies off a bridge and crashes to his death okay because I'm pretty sure there's a crash sound effect mm-hmm. It doesn't play like that It certainly does not um, But I think what we're getting is Harry's death dream Sure Now make your case
1: Is being this miserable exhausting Andy Stewart <laughs> You're looking at the guy with a
0: black bar humbug <laughs> Santa hat on <laughs> like, like look at the sunshine kid who is dressed like Santa Like <laughs>
1: So my read on the ending of this film is that it happens exactly as presented, which is that he swings a hard right, drives off a bridge, and then the van with the weird painting of the sleigh on the side of it somehow acquires the actual properties of a sleigh as presented in Santa lore and flies off (laughs) into the the night, (laughs) into the night, yeah. (laughs) Apparently directly flies into the Flies to the moon. But yeah, no, fl- fl- flies off. I'm complete with a uh, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night on the voiceover on the soundtrack. I love this, but it's purely Your because. face was unbridled joy. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> it was happiness personified and it was lovely. Don't get me wrong. It was lovely to see you finally happy at a film that we've watched on this podcast. <laughs> but... I think you were wrong
1: I think you can take your death dream and fuck off
0: (laughs) there is no way a film this bleak ends on him flying to the moon come on fuck (laughs) like there's only two ways this film ends he dies or he goes to the electric chair
1: I insist on a straw poll from listeners for what their interpretation of this ending is. I feel like I'm going to lose. It is open to interpretation,
0: um, but I genuinely think we're looking at a death dream situation here. Nah. Okay, well, I think we'll just have to agree to disagree. I
1: think that that our differing opinions on the end of this film is a very good microcosm of our differing opinions in general.
0: I think this yeah,
1: boiled down this podcast
0: into one one minute segment Yeah,
1: I think that's great
0: actually <laughs> <laughs> It was the first thing
1: that came to my mind when we started talking about it It was, <laughs> it was the most absolute black and white example of that And then we're done uh, Just before that happens, Phil falls on what
0: is clearly a white blanket that's made up to look like snow <laughs> 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 Couldn't let
1: that pass without mentioning No, that is fair In a film that gets eye stabs very right it gets snow very wrong <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just put white blankets down, it'll be fine. <laughs> will be fine, it'll all work out in the end. But yeah, at this point, I mean, um I, we're done. Yeah, that's the that's the end of Christmas Eve all uh, yeah
1: pretty interesting stuff um I wouldn't say that I took to it straight away right I wouldn't say that there was anything about the first maybe uh maybe the first half hour 45 minutes That I found immediately off-putting right but I would say that um it took until kind of when he goes full Santa feel you like you know like the full Santa yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the be- the, the, the beard when he gluing. Goes claws out the beard glu- the beard glowing sequence right, okay. but from then on I think that it goes on to do some really interesting stuff yeah I think that it is a heavily flawed film. I think. Well, that- yeah, I mean,
0: it's mad when you think about it. This took the this took ten years to get made from like writing to to being made. That's not mad at all. To uh, <laughs> but it's um, very much a a feature film made on a budget by someone who hadn't made much before and would never make anything again. No, but I genuinely. I mean, yeah, I think there's just something really sad and touching and interesting about it.
1: Yeah, I think it's very easy to understate this because the synopsis makes it sound so trashy, and in a lot of ways it is. Mm. But I think that it is also kind of like a surprisingly interesting and surprisingly profound character piece at times. Yeah, I mean... With Harry. Yeah, absolutely. I think overall it's a totally tragic film. Yeah, I totally agree. I completely agree. I also think that it's a pretty good film. Yeah,
0: I think it's horrifying and I think it's kind of brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually pretty valuable. And I think it stands way above films like Silent Night, Deadly Night, actually, because they're just kind of buy-the-book slasher movies that just happen to be set at Christmas with a guy dressed like Santa.
1: Yeah, I think this sets out to do something very different from those films.
0: Yeah, and um, and for could... better or worse, it it think succeeds. It, I think it does it. um, And I think it is definitely a film, like I say, that people are kind of starting to notice now and I think the fact that it's on Shudder is really beneficial to the film mm-hmm. because more people might come across it. But yeah, I think it's a film that kind of deserves its place in amongst the Christmas horror films as one that's kind of interesting and has... Maybe even more to say than a lot of them. Yeah,
1: I think that, I think that's fair. There's at least some truth to that,
0: except for Die Hard. Well, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite Christmas horror film? My favorite
0: Christmas horror films, probably grim ones. Okay, okay, that's fair.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't have I don't have good opinions on these kind of things. I have a couple of things from the last couple of years that I really love. Holidays, fuck off. <laughs> don't like openly trashing films, but I hate holidays. In
0: case we need to ask someone on. Yeah. <laughs> but fuck holidays. Yeah, I
1: know. Uh, no, I really don't like holidays at all. Um, love Krampus, though.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, Anna and the Apocalypse.
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. By the way, uh, I forgot to ask you on the swords Have you seen Anna and the Apocalypse this week?
1: Uh, yeah, of course I did.
0: You actually have? Yeah, I did. Cool. Five times?
1: Uh, yeah, five total
0: fuck's
1: sake yeah i just keep telling people about it and then when they decide to go see it i also just invite myself along so not only have i seen not only have i seen the film five times i've also ruined a couple of people's evenings you've been thud wheel (laughs) (laughs) anyway i guess we're done for the year now fuck so 34 episodes 33 minisodes a handful of monisodes yeah, well, I think it works out uh,
0: all together. We've put out seventy-two individual episodes. Wow! That
1: yeah, that's that's a decent amount.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's too bad for um, not even a full year.
1: No, I think it's pretty good, and yeah. um, thank you very much to everybody that's been listening this year and uh, taking the time to like, share, comment, tell their pals.
0: Yeah, this has been more
1: lovely than we could ever have imagined it would be at this stage, kind of going into it. Yeah, and it's and I think it's already kind of grown in ways that we certainly hoped it would, and it's been really nice to kind of interact with you guys as well.
0: Yeah, and like I've said before, to everyone who's agreed to come on and brought films that were... Amazing or shit or whatever the film was, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out you your mostly extremely busy lifestyles to come along and uh, come on this. Yeah, one we'll or two out. hours
1: to come and talk shit with us yeah. we really do appreciate it and we will be back in 2019 with a whole load more stuff yeah uh, we absolutely will be back yeah we've got some uh, got some cool ideas for what to do in 2019 but first and foremost we'll be back on the 7th of January with a mini-sode and the first full episode of 2019 will be on Friday January the 11th yes it will indeed so in the meantime please do keep getting in touch because I'm sure we'll be putting up the odd thing here and there um, and you can do that in all the usual ways Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at PC and you can also email us scenes at gmail.com
0: Yep, and as you know, we are everywhere. Just about wherever you get podcasts, you can listen to our dulcet tones. <laughs> uh, Whatever you are listening, please, 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 just do take two seconds to drop us a like, drop us a share, a five stars review subscribe whatever it is that you need to do because I know we say it all the time but it actually does help Does help. Uh, yeah, I've yeah. looked at the figures and facts
1: uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah from both of us thanks a lot for all your support this year we will yeah. be back in 2019 uh, all the best for the festive season yes indeed and don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chads Merry Christmas Merry Christmas